0: Last month, we had Sean Rafferty as our guest to discuss active shooters. Between the time of the interview and the episode, two very high-profile, very tragic shootings took place. One was at a grocery store and the other in a school. Over the first weekend of this month, June of 2022, 13 mass shootings took place at least five of those in public places. In several of those, multiple shooters were involved. Last week, at a church potluck dinner for mainly senior citizens, just outside of Birmingham, Alabama in the city of Vestavia, a man who had been sitting with a group and who had even brought food to share killed three people. Today, I feel a need to replay that episode. Many of you have not heard it, and even if you have, listening again could help you catch something you missed the first time, maybe even a tip that could possibly save your life. So let's get right to the episode.
1: You are in a mall, a store, at church or at school. You begin hearing gunshots. The gunshots continue every few seconds. You know people are being killed. Would you know what to do? Would you know how to survive? Stay with us, and by the end of this episode, you will. Welcome to the Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way, where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We're going to be discussing a rather serious topic on our podcast tonight. We're going to be talking about active shooter. We're going to be getting into that in more detail. We do want to welcome our listeners to us. You know, you all are emailing us and contacting us and messaging us and letting us know how much you enjoy the podcast, and we enjoy producing it for you. And uh, Mark is actually the, the brains and the brawn behind it, and he's here in the studio with us today. Hello, Mark. Hello, everybody. So I think you've got some information about a programming note you'd like to share.
0: Starting June 1st, we're going to cut back to three days a week instead of five days a week. We need some time to be able to do some things. Folks, you wouldn't believe how my to-do list is stacking up. And so I need some afternoons to come in and be able to work on things around the house.
1: (laughs) He's looking at me when he's saying that. I'm like, yeah, that's right you are. We've got a lot of projects we've started and haven't finished We really need to get some painting done. We need to get some, I call it earth duties, you know, just the various things you have to do. And so that, and
0: actually there's some more things we want to do for you. You know, we recently started the newsletter Mm -hmm. and we have one episode of that out and the next one comes out the end of this week. I think it'll actually be tomorrow. And if you would like to get on the email list for that, just Go to our website at www.practicalprepping.info and click on contact and drop us an email there that just simply says newsletter. Now you can say anything you want. You can say how much you enjoy Krista and you wish I'd hush and let her talk more.
1: <laughs> That's funny.
0: And if you've seen pictures, you could talk about how much prettier she is than me. Oh. But Ray Charles could see that.
1: You're a cutie patootie,
0: though. Uh, well, anyway.
1: Well, you are mine. So, honest.
0: just to let you know ahead of time, we're going to 3 days a week beginning on June 1st and I think it's going to help us to actually improve the content and the podcast. And so we're going to try this for a little while and see how it goes.
1: And we do want to thank you listeners for supporting us. Some of you are going to the website, buy me a coffee, and you're doing some support donation that way. And that's great. Love it. And some of you are going to our Amazon banner on the homepage of our website, practicalprepping.info. If you'll scroll down below the blog, you'll find the Amazon banner. Click on that. Do your regular Amazon shopping as you normally would. Going through our website helps pay us a small commission, and that does help support the podcast. Your support really does help us, and believe you me, from the bottom of my heart and Mark's heart, we thank you and appreciate that very, very much.
0: You can also find that Buy Me a Coffee link on the website.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Of course. Just
0: scroll on down below that Amazon, and you can find that link, and it goes straight to it.
1: Yes, and, you know... Donate more than once. I would. <laughs> we also want to thank our regular sponsors, which would be ProLine Digital Group and Jim Curtis Knives. And I believe Mark has a new sponsor he's going to talk to you about right now.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about a new sponsor that's coming on, and that is the Base Handgun Training System. Now, we'll go into it more, but it's a solid handgun training system. And our guest today is Sean Rafferty. He's from the School of Preparedness podcast, and he has a YouTube channel, and he'll tell you more about it in the interview, and he's offering our listeners a $50 discount on the course. All you have to do is use the coupon code, Practical Prepping, and that gets you $50 off of that course. And I have been going through that course, and it's solid. It really is. Now, later in the interview, and you'll want to pay attention to this one, Sean offers one of his courses, The Prepared Citizen, as a gift to you, our listener, free of charge. And I've gone through that, and there's some great info in there. You'll recognize some of it, and some of it will be brand new. We've talked about some of it, and he made me think on some things that, hey, I need to change a few things as well. And we'll put all the links in the show notes, as well as the website. The base handgun training system is linked off of the front of the website, as well as friends and affiliates page. So go check those out. Now, today's episode is Surviving an Active Shooter, and it's a very timely episode. You know, we've had three mass shootings this past weekend. I
1: know. That's just unprecedented, isn't it? Three
0: mass shootings, and at least two of those were bona fide hate crimes. Yet we're seeing mainstream media covering only one of those since the other two didn't fit their narrative.
1: Yeah, I think I understand. The one that's racially motivated is the one that's getting all the press.
0: Well, two of them were racially motivated, But one of them didn't fit their narrative, Oh, the Taiwanese church. That was a hate crime, racially motivated. I
1: understand.
0: So anyway, it's neither here nor there. The interview was actually recorded before those three mass shootings took place, so you won't hear any reference to them. But all the principles you were here would have applied. In fact, the pastor of the Taiwanese church in California fought back And he disabled the attacker, and he saved untold lies. So let's get to the interview. Now, our guest, I said, is Sean Rafferty. Sean has a lot of experience in the field of staying alive. He served as a Marine, a corrections officer, a police officer. He was a force protection officer in Kuwait, a security coordinator in Iraq, security specialist in Iraq and Afghanistan. He served as a federal agent on the U.S. Secretary of Commerce's Protection Detail. He's a firearm instructor and the founder of a security consulting company. He has a podcast and a YouTube channel. Both are the School of Preparedness. He's also the developer of the Prepared Citizen Training Program, which he'll offer to you tonight at no cost. He's the developer of the Base Handgun Training Program, and he's coming on board as a sponsor of Practical Prepping Podcast, and he's offering our listeners a pretty hefty discount on that, and we'll share those
2: details at the end of the interview. So, Sean, welcome to
0: the podcast.
2: Uh, Thanks a lot, guys. I'm uh, happy to be on.
1: Yeah, we're glad to have
2: you.
0: Now, is your website schoolofpreparedness.com? Yes, sir. And we will link that into the show notes as well. And what we've asked Sean to come and help us with tonight is to help us be better prepared for an active shooter situation. So Sean, the floor is yours. You just take it away. If we come up with some questions, we'll jump in here with you.
2: Sure. Um, you know, unfortunately it's, a sad fact that we have to sit here and talk about a subject like this. Right. Um, but it's it's something that we need to be prepared for, just like being prepared for any kind of disasters or, you know, any other thing that might happen, especially what we've seen over the last couple of years with COVID. The thing that everybody has to realize when it comes to the active shooter threat or active attacker threat, it can happen anywhere at any time. It can happen mm-hmm. at schools, churches, restaurants, movie theaters, places of work, it doesn't matter anywhere at any time. And we've seen so,
0: examples of every one of those over the last few years.
2: Oh, yes, and it's 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 really really sad, especially when you see these incidents continue to happen at schools and the schools you know still aren't prepared, they're still not training their teachers. I mean, that's a whole another podcast I could talk about mm-hmm. just talking about schools and how sad it is and and actually in workplaces you know, a lot of your listeners probably can attest to this that a lot of businesses or organizations, their active shooter training is pretty horrible, and a lot of it, a lot of the times it consists of just sitting down in front of the you know computer and watching a ten-minute-long YouTube video that's mm-hmm. very generic and doesn't really teach you anything. And you know, I follow I kind of follow the run, hide, fight model simply for the fact that it's you're going to do either one of those things or all three of those things. And what a lot of people do is they get confused when they hear run, hide, fight. They think that it's – you do then in that order. You run, then you hide, then you fight. It's not that. You can you can start off having to fight somebody, then run, then hide. So it's it's whatever your scenario plays out is what you will have to do. But the biggest thing about being prepared for an active shooter is, as an individual, you have to pay attention to your surroundings because – if you happen to be at the exact point when an active shooter starts and, you know, your backs to the person, say you're at a mall or something like that, you might not be able to do anything because mm-hmm. it's it already happens. He's right there. However, if you're 10, 15, 20 feet away or maybe a little bit down the hallway, especially if you're at a work environment or a school environment, you have to know what you're doing. You have to know how to hide, how to run, how to fight, you know. And there's different things, you know, different methods or different uh, strategies you could use to uh, help better prepare yourself. Like for instance, situational awareness. You know, we talk about that a lot. I believe that the two most important aspects of having good personal safety are situational awareness and observational awareness. So situational awareness basically means knowing your environment. If you're at your normal workplace, maybe you work in a you know, ten-story building know your building know your stairwells you know where they lead out to know that if you take the stairwell can you get into the other floors or do you need a key card because the last thing you want to do if you're involved and there's an active shooter going on on your floor and you have to get out of there and you take the stairwell
0: and you get trapped in the stairwell and you
2: get trapped and then all of a sudden there's a shooter down a couple floors below and he opens the stairwell up and you can't get in the other floors because you didn't check to see if you can get in there or not. Mm-hmm. So know your building, pay attention to the exits, know where, where the exits take you. Because the last thing you want to do is take an exit and you have no oh no idea where it comes out at. Mm-hmm. So this goes for if you happen to be a student at a school or a college. If you go to church, know know your church. Walk around with, you know, walk around, get lost in there, try to figure it out. Know all the nukes and crannies, you know, especially if you go to You know, big places like malls or restaurants, little tips like if you're at a restaurant. What I always do is when I go sit down in a restaurant, for instance, is I go sit down first. I try to sit to where I could see the exits and kind of see the crowd. And then once I do my order, I get up and I go to the bathroom. But when I'm walking to the bathroom, I'm looking around trying to see where all the exit points Mm -hmm. are at. And then another little tip is while the rest of the sheep are running for the front door – if you need to get out of there, you can always exit through the kitchen because there's always a, an exit point out of the kitchen generally. And a could be a corridor or it could be a loading dock or something like that. So everybody's going to be generally running towards the front door. You can exit out through the kitchen. You know, if you're at malls, for instance, and there's a shooting going on, you can, use, you know, most of the stores, most of the little stores have little back exit points that go into interior hallways. So, you know, instead of Trying to get around through the main part of the mall, you can exit out through one of the stores. So that's just knowing your environment, knowing where everything's at, because the last thing that you want to do in a very stressful situation that involves life and death, especially if you have your family, is try to figure out where you're at and mm-hmm. where to go. Because what's going to happen is your to going to set in. And when panic sets in, that's when a lot of bad things happen, because there's a good chance if you start panicking, you're going to freeze. And when you freeze, that's when you get killed
1: yeah right. they actually call that so, that fright paralysis, and you've gotta right. you've gotta train your mind to understand that to recognize that could happen, and you train your mind to just not go there you know you gotta take action, you just can't stand frozen
0: well, when the panic starts, the thinking
2: stops, yeah, yep, and then that's where it falls back to your level of training mm-hmm. so if you're mentally thinking to yourself, okay, if something happens over here, we're going to go there. If you're already think that's mental preparation, right? So it might not be a physical thing so to speak, like building muscle memory, but if you're thinking about it and you already kind of have a plan in place and if something happens, you're already going to know what you're going to do. Right. And then you know, if you're with your family, it's a good thing to brief them and to let them know like hey, if something happens, we're going to do this. Or if I have to do this, if I have to, you know, handle a bad guy coming at us, and there's no, you know, I have to do it because it's close. I'm gonna handle him, him or her, and you guys exit out the, you know, opposite direction. Right. And big thing, situational awareness, knowing your surroundings. You know, ins and outs of everywhere you're at. Always pay attention. And that includes the area around where you're at, too. Because when you're dealing with active shooter, what I always tell people is don't assume it's just one guy. Always be prepared and assume there's multiple shooters. Right. Because if you if you hear a shooter going on and maybe uh, the hallway down where from your cubicle, for instance, and you think, okay, I'm going to run in the opposite direction. And then you're trying to run away, and then there's another shooter that's waiting for everybody to come around the hallway, and he opens up and ambushes everybody. So you always have to assume there's multiple shooters located in different parts of the building or areas outside. So if you happen to get outside of that building or wherever you're at, make sure you understand your outside area, too. And you got to be cognizant of just what you could use to help protect you. So we'll just kind of quickly break down the run, hide, fight aspect. So... When you, if you have to run away from where you're at, just have a plan on where you're going to go. And you got to move in a tactical manner, meaning you just don't follow everybody else that's running like a blind herd of deer that, have, that are scared by you know a predator. Uh, you have to make sure you know where you're going first. You have a plan in place, and then you tactically move, meaning you move slowly or as fast as you can go. and and being cautious, meaning if you're running down a hallway and there's a T intersection, you just don't run past the other side of the hallway because there's an opening because there could be a shooter down there. So you might want to pie the corner to make sure that you just don't expose yourself ahead of time because there's a great video that I saw. uh, Remember the the Navy Yard shooter?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Okay. So there's a perfect video of this where of course the you know the government personnel were trained in the run hide fight so he's like moving down this hallway he has a shotgun and down the end of the hallway you can see these people just walking slowly or walking you know a little briskly and the reason why he didn't open up on them is probably cuz he had a shotgun the range wasn't so great and maybe he wanted to sneak up behind them but none of those people looked down that hallway to see if there was anybody there mm-hmm. and so you know when you're moving you're always looking for potential threats wherever they might be, and you could use stuff. What is called cover and concealment. Cover is uh, basically using something that's thick or strong enough that can stop bullets or actually slow the bullets enough down to where, if they did, you know, go through that particular object and it hits you, it won't be of any effect. So, you know, examples of cover, for instance, would be like a tree or a concrete pillar, or mm-hmm. a planter, or if you're outside and you're in a parking lot, a car. But uh, what you want to hide behind and a, a, use a, use a car for cover is the engine block. Right. So use the engine block, but also if you have to use a car, make sure that you put your body behind the front wheel wells too. So mm-hmm. uh, the rounds can not only, I mean, the engine can stop a lot of rounds, a lot of bullets, but sometimes the bullets might skip under the car, so the the tires will give you some type of protection against that right so so cover concealment, concealments basically it'll hide you from view, but it won't protect you from bullets. so you could use concealment you know, hide from them you know that could be a cubicle, that could be your drywall in your house or something like mm-hmm. that that won't stop bullets, and you can use that concealment to you can to until you get to cover that could be bushes too, it could be anything right. like that. So have a plan in place before you move. And if you hide, you know, that's another thing. If you're in a workplace, you're at your school, you're at your church, kind of get an idea of where you can hide in there. What room can you hide and what can you lock? And is there things inside of you you could push in front of the door? Or that you can hide behind that if the guy starts shooting through the door or the walls, that, you know, maybe it's it'll provide some type of cover for you. Generally speaking… I do not recall, and and you might be able to correct me on this, Mark, but I don't remember hearing any incident where an active shooter actually kicked in a locked door and went in and shot everybody.
0: I haven't either. But what I have seen in Parkland, the Parkland shooter, uh, he did shoot through the windows in the door, The, the slotted windows, and several people were killed because they were in view of that window. So one thing that we have said constantly is get where you can't see the window. If you can't see the window, whether it's a file cabinet between you and it, that's where concealment works in that if he can't see you, he's not shooting through it. But we did see that in the Parkland shooting. But I'm with you. I've never seen one where a door was kicked open.
2: Yeah, and it's just, I mean, most shooters know they have a certain amount of time that they have to get what they what their you know what their intention is done before the police arrive. Mm-hmm. The Parkland shooting was a was there were so many failure points with that. I mean, It's unbelievable. There's actually a good uh, documentary on Amazon. You can see about that. It's called Inside Building Twelve. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime.
0: I went through a class with the that was strictly on the Parkland shooting, and we went through it second by second. And we had the police chief of Coral Gables Police Department, which headed that up.
2: And so, which was a major mess. <laughs> he,
0: he, he was the IC, he was the incident commander. And so, it, you're right, there were so many failure points in that.
2: Well, one of the biggest failure points is the lack of communication mm-hmm. because the, the building was a three story building, the shooting started on the first floor. And by the time he got up on the third floor, there were still students outside that didn't even know what was going on. Right. So that showed me that the teachers there was no internal communications with radios, and they didn't have an intercom that alerted anybody or anything. Mm-hmm. So that right there alone is is a major, major, major flaw. And, and during critical incidents, and Mark, you know this, that one of the most important things is being able to communicate. Exactly. And so that means cell phones or, you know, if you're at a work environment and maybe you have work radios, that's is very important. Communication is one of the most important aspects, you know, besides situational observational awareness. Right. But, you know, being able to communicate is so important. If you are in some type of environment where there's multiple forms of communication, just make sure that you're always – you know, your batteries are charged, you do radio checks and things like that. And I know most people, they don't have to really deal with that unless they're in specific work, you know, fields. But um communication's so important.
0: Exactly. Now, now talk a little bit about
2: fight. If you're trying to fight somebody with a gun, that's a bad day at the office.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: However, there's certain times when certain vulnerabilities of the shooter that you can take advantage of. So for instance, if you happen to be close enough and the shooter's back is to you and, and you could do something like, uh, I would suggest trying to knock the gun out versus trying to hit them in the head, for instance, because if you hit somebody in the head, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to knock them out. It's not the movies. Yeah. However, if you get like a chair and you hit, you know, hit the wrist part and try to knock the gun down, you might have a little better, better chance. However, if the shooter has a problem with their gun, their gun jams, that's a perfect opportunity for you to attack, and mm-hmm. that means you know, hitting them in the head with a chair, enough to where you can maybe incapacitate him for a little bit for you to get out of there, or if there's some people with you and you guys can jump on them really quick and somebody grabs a gun, or another opportune time besides a weapons mount function is when they're reloading. Right. and. And most of these guys, most of these shooters are not trained. Mm -hmm. And I could do a magazine reload in uh, less than a a second. Yeah, less than a second. And but you know these guys, they're gonna be they're gonna be all dumped up on adrenaline. They're gonna be sweaty. Some of them even wear masks and gloves. And and, you know, like in the the incident of the uh, Virginia Tech shooter, he had two different. Two different guns, Mm -hmm. two different pistols, different calibers. So when he reloaded, he had to actually put the gun down and then try to, you know, remember where he put the magazines that corresponded with that gun. So there was a lot of – so I think he reloaded. I think I figured it out. He reloaded 10 or 12 times, and nobody took advantage of that, Mm -hmm. and these were all adults. So if – Like I said, vulnerable moments of the shooter backs to you, doing uh, weapons uh, malfunction, magazine change. But if you actually have to attack them, like there's no other choice. Like I said, try to go for the gun, at least hit hit it out of their hands. But if you're gonna strike them with something, you know the eyes are always a good target because they're they're very vulnerable. No matter what happens, it doesn't matter if they're high on drugs or not. uh, At minimum. you you hit somebody in the eyeball, they're going to feel it. But if they're high on drugs, they might not feel it, but they're going to do a reflex action where they might, you know, Mm -hmm. take their hands to their face to kind of cover their eyes. Okay. just And that might just give you enough time to maybe strike again and push them away and, or at, you know, at least run away. Right. So striking the eyes are good.
0: Let me point out here just to clarify, when you said go for the gun, just so nobody is misunderstanding that, we're talking about striking the arm or striking the weapon itself.
2: You're not talking about just
0: reaching down and grabbing for it. Uh, It's harder and harder to control.
2: Yeah, that's, I mean... But if you can put a fire
0: extinguisher on that wrist, you've pretty well taken that gun out of his hand and you've disabled that arm.
2: I think you're going to have a way better... Or possibility of you getting a gun out than you trying to reach out and grab it. Uh, I mean, unless you're some master Krav Maga guy that does gun disarming and has been actually had a gun pointed at you and and you've been shot at or whatever, and you're able to do it under stress, that's just not going to happen. It's just a quick way for you to get killed.
0: We've both been trained to do that, and both of us would say it's a last-ditch effort. Uh, There are times that that's the only thing you're left able to do, but, you know, baton to the arm, baton to the clavicle, baton to the wrist to be able to disable that arm. But I just wanted to clarify that we're talking about a strike. We're not talking about trying to grab the gun so that nobody's thinking that's what we're talking about.
2: Yeah, because that's, I mean, you know, I've been trained to do that, and there's ways to do it. Mm-hmm. But let's just be real, you know, we're not all Navy SEAL, SEAL Team 6, you right. know, individuals and ninjas.
0: Some of us are getting a little bit of age on us, and we don't move exactly. as fast
2: as we used to. Well, now that, you know, now that you brought that up, there's there's something called a force multiplier. Oh, yeah. You know, So, <laughs> if uh, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, if you're getting up in age or maybe— you know, you have some medical conditions. Maybe you're in a wheelchair or a walker or use a cane.
0: I'm not there yet.
2: <laughs> uh, Me neither, not yet. Oh, you know, maybe you're out of shape, maybe whatever. And how then you might want to consider using some type of tool. So mm-hmm. if you can carry a handgun, learn how to use a handgun and carry a handgun. If you can't use handguns where you live... You know, get some pepper spray. But you know, whatever kind of tool that you decide to get, you got to understand the pros and cons of that tool. You got to understand that. Don't listen to the marketing that the companies are trying to tell you, because Mark can attest to this. You there's been you people that get sprayed in the face with mace all day long, and they still keep coming at you. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. same thing you with know,
0: taser. That that thing. Taser, you know, yeah. Half of them we've tased. We had to fight after we tased them.
2: Yep. And, and so that's the, another thing is if your whole like self-defense strategies revolved around some pepper spray and it doesn't work, are you able to mentally readjust and then you know, keep fighting with whatever other tools that you have?
0: And the other so, thing about pepper spray is that when you deploy pepper spray, just plan on getting it on you. Yeah. Oh,
2: exactly because even exactly. if it does
0: work and you have to put your hands on him you're still going to get it on you
2: yep definitely that's so, 100%. now we,
0: we were talking about hiding in some places and putting something i said about the fire extinguisher if you're hidden in a room and see if you agree with this and you're being real quiet and the guy does come in the room if you can be standing there with a fire extinguisher And number one, you hit him in the face with a blast from the fire extinguisher. And then you turn that fire extinguisher into a club. This is not time to be nice. This is time to win.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, if it comes down to laying hands on, it's either you or that individual. Mm -hmm. And you better be, you know, willing to go all out. And you're you're talking about deadly force, Mm -hmm. you know. And well, he was going to use deadly force on you. Sure, so. sure, and exactly. And another thing too, if if say, say for instance you're in a room and you're able to barricade the door, mm-hmm. okay, and like we already talked about this, I don't I don't think there's been an incident where somebody's kicked in a door, especially if it's barricaded. But hypothetically, if there is, you can actually set things in place to where if they come in, they have to walk a certain way. So if you have to, you know, ambush that person. Mm-hmm you could set it up to where they actually have to walk to you. But that generally does hasn't happened, but uh that's just something to think about, you know, mm-hmm. putting that, put in your mind, you know, use it as a, as a tool for later on. But yeah, I mean, I agree Um a nice blast to the face and then, and then follow it up with a strike to, you know, the head or the, you know, knock the gun out mm-hmm. and then get out of there, leave him laying in the floor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. This, you know, that's another thing. If you happen to knock the guy down, Get away! Do not try to go into his his danger space because mm-hmm. then that puts you back into the danger zone. You got to remember this. Remember this: time and distance are your friends. Mm-hmm. So the more distance you have, the more time you have, and time you need time for better reaction and for all kinds of other things. So and
0: that that could be a whole different podcast right there. Now I think you've done a very good job with covering the. Run, hide, fight, active attacker. And I understand you have a new product coming out. You wanna tell us some
2: about that? Sure. The product's called the base handgun training system. And I developed this product for the beginner handgun owner. And it's also it's also good for maybe somebody that's you know been carrying a gun for a while, but maybe hasn't had training in a long time or maybe didn't really have any training. So basically, I made this with the beginner of mind, like I sa- said, and it's comprised of mostly all digital. So you have a lot of video tutorials that teach you information you need to know if you're going to carry guns, such as you know, situational awareness, observational mm-hmm. awareness, how to call nine one one. The proper way, you know, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. how many times you've been on a call mark and then what you got from the dispatcher is completely different than what you got when you ride on. The yeah, scene.
0: all we know is something's going on and it's probably around this address, but we're not sure
2: what it is. Exactly. And so, you know, being able to call 911 the proper way to give them the right information is, you know, very crucial, especially if you're involved in this, some type of shooting. And then what did the, you know when the cops arrive? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, because you, even though you're a good guy, you have a concealed carry permit. You're law abiding citizen. You're protecting yourself. The cops have no clue who you are. Exactly. They have, and so yeah, I cover down on things like that, and you know, just little minor firearms basics like how to use the sights, grip, stance, things like that. But then I have a whole section on video tutorials. So based upon my previous. Uh, work experience. I've, I've had the chance uh, to train around some high level people like Navy SEALs, you know, Green Berets, you know, high level individuals. And so a lot of the techniques that I've learned throughout, you know, from law enforcement, military, and, and private security, as well as federal agent, I put a lot of these techniques into this training, but they're not advanced techniques. They're basic techniques because A lot of the stuff that I teach is stuff that you can't do at the typical gun range because of safety reasons. Like, for instance, if you're going to, if you're going to walk around concealed carry or open carry, wouldn't you think you should be able to, that you should practice drawing from the holster? Exactly. And, but most ranges you can't do Mm -hmm. that. And you need to practice doing turning movements because you could be walking down the street with your family and then you hear somebody cocking a gun to your left and you Mm -hmm. have to, you know, you're going to have to pivot and turn and draw at the same time. So, you know, I go over those types of, those types of movements. I get into what happens if you have a weapons malfunction. You know, there's three standard malfunctions that you have to be prepared for, you know, failure Mm -hmm. to fire, which is you pull the trigger and it clicks, you know. so. There's a procedure for that, you know, or if if you have a stovepipe or a a double feed, I go over that. I go over changing magazines. So if you if you happen to be in a shootout, for instance, and you know, always expect you're going to dump through, you're going to go through a whole magazine, right? Because your adrenaline's going to be up, and if you're not used to shooting very much or you don't get to shoot a lot. Or maybe the guy's high on drugs and you're shoot shooting that person but you're not hitting them in vitals so they're still keep coming at you, you might have to change your magazines. Mm-hmm. So like, go over that in the training. Go over things like, you know, applying tourniquets, so stopping the bleeding. Right. So it's a full fledged screening platform that'll prepare you to be able to carry that gun if, if your intention is to protect yourself or the family. But another aspect that I have to it is you have a drill mechanism. So I have a physical card deck that you could shuffle it up and get a different drill every time. Right. There's also a digital version of the card deck that's kind of got a cool feature where if you're in the middle of your training and you forget how to do the technique, you can click on the title and it Uh, like a 10 or 20 or 30 second video pops up gives Mm -hmm. you a refresher i also have audio training too so once you get the card decks and the digital version of that and you're good with that and you don't need any visual clues anymore you could just put on the audio and i tell you what to do and it's all dry fire you're all practicing dry fire while you're doing this so and
0: dry fire makes so much difference when when it comes to getting on the range uh that that's one of the things that I try to do a lot, and I need to be doing it because i got qualification coming up here shortly. And Kristen sure. and I are looking forward to going through this training, the base training, and we will give you an honest assessment of what we think of that, and we'll be glad to recommend that to our listeners. I know there are a number of them that do carry concealed weapons, and some of the countries that were heard in, they're not allowed. Some of the cities that listen to us. They're not allowed. Uh, I would say move. (laughs) (laughs) right. Go find you a red state. But anyway, Sean, we certainly appreciate you being with us today. We look forward to hearing a little bit more about this base training as as it gets a little bit further along. We will be linking that from our website and we'll be letting our folks know and we'll put the link to the School of Preparedness into the show notes, which by the way, I've listened to several of your episodes and and I'm impressed with them. I really am. Thank you very much. I appreciate what you've said on there. Uh, Krista, you have been over there very, very quiet. What would you like to, I've never heard her this quiet on a podcast interview
1: oh i'm just taking it all because i'm running my mouth too much (laughs) (laughs) no i have absolutely absorbed what he has said just absorbed it like a sponge because i mean he's just he's just giving you good common Mm -hmm. sense it is a serious topic and i know a lot of folks just don't like to think about the kinds of threats but i mean All you have to do is look around at the world we're living in. And sad is just like he said, sad to say we share this planet with a lot of folks out there that want to do some harm. And so we don't need to be ignorant. We don't need to be putting our heads in the sand. We don't need to just hope so and wish that these things wouldn't happen or wouldn't happen to us. We just need to take that active stance of I need to address this and I need to make up my mind on what my plan is for my own security and the security of those for whom I'm responsible. Uh, You know, an adult has to, you know, face these types of things. And I think Sean has dispensed a tremendous treasure trove of information that I've just been over here taking it all in. So I'm excited about this base training, too. I think, you know, it's not enough to just go to an eight-hour class like I had to in North Carolina. That's not training. That's just an eight-hour class to train I think about an Olympic athlete, you know, they don't make it to the Olympics by just going to a rehearsal one day or a practice one day. They train for years and they train and they train and they train. And that's what gives you the confidence to handle your firearm with skill and precision and confidence. You know, if you've made up your mind you're going to carry, you need to also make up your mind you're going to carry as a responsible, confident, law-abiding citizen.
0: And you never reach a point where you
2: can quit training.
1: Yeah, I believe that's true.
2: No, no, I mean it's it's and then you know as you get older and your limitations come out, you're gonna have to kind of adjust how you train. You know, that's exactly that's true. And I tell you what, I want to give you, I want to give your listeners a gift. Cool. And I I developed my first product that I made a couple years ago. I, it's called the Prepared Citizen. It's a video training series. I'm gonna give that to you to your listeners for free.
1: Wow, that's wow. awesome.
2: So I'll uh, send you guys a link for that. Okay. It's all about everything, kind of like everything we just talked about, but it's, I get into all kinds, anything you can think of, driving in your car, walking down the street, you know, running down trails, you know, parking in parking
1: garages. That's tremendous. Gosh, that's very generous.
0: We will certainly push that out to some folks and maybe we can get some noise made with that. Yeah. I know a lot of our listeners would certainly enjoy that. And I know that we certainly appreciate you doing that. And it's not something you had to do, but it's definitely an added value to the listener. And so, Sean, anything else here you'd like to add? Tell them how they can get in touch with you.
2: Sure, you could just uh, you can go to the dot com, and uh, you can also go on iTunes and Spotify and all those platforms to access the training. I do have a YouTube channel. I, I need to post more things on there. Um, <laughs> You've been busy. I'm not as, I'm not as <laughs> hardcore as you guys, but I need to be. And, yeah, you could just, you know, go on schoolpreparedness.com and if you've got any questions, you any concerns about anything, just shoot me, you know, reach out to me and I'll be glad to help you out the best way I can.
0: Okay. Anything else, Krista?
1: Well, we thank you, Sean. I think you have just been awesome and I think you have really opened up a lot of thoughts thought provoking ideas that I think our listeners are really going to grab onto. And we appreciate your time and your generosity. And thank you so much for that uh, gift offering. And on behalf of the listeners, I, I think that's going to be a very popular option. So thank you again. We hope to have you back on the program and we'll talk about some more topics.
2: Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. And thanks for having me on guys. All right.
0: Thank you. I think that was a really good interview with Sean. It
1: sure was. That was tremendous. I learned a lot from Sean.
0: Brought out a lot of great information, and we will get those links up for you and encourage you to go and get that free, prepared citizen. Now, you know, he, he does a really good job with communicating the information of a sometimes boring subject.
1: Well, Yes. Yeah. You know,
0: tonight was not boring at all, but, no. but there are some boring ones in there, and we've covered some, and it's hard to make some of those that are just not sexy and exciting to make them exciting.
1: Well, but he yes. does a good job. He with does it. a good job, and he, he certainly did give treatment to, I mean, active shooter is a very serious topic, and sadly, it's part of the reality of our world today. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were young kids, these kinds of things were unheard of in our lifetime. Fair we just enough. never heard of anything like this. And now our kids and grandkids, it's an everyday part of their world. And it's just a sad, tragic reality. But mm-hmm. if we can't change it to be a completely safe and perfect world, we at least need to train and we need to prepare ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally for self-defense and the protection of those we love.
0: Mm-hmm good episode and anything else you want to add before we go?
1: Well, our thoughts, our hearts and our condolences do go out to all the families that have had deaths over this past weekend and and injuries. There's just a horrific event and our hearts go out to those people and even the families of the shooters as well because they're affected too. I mean, we can't be inhumane about this. Yes, a crime has taken place, but you know, the, there's loved ones all the way around that have been destroyed over this. And it was just heartbreaking. So stuff does happen, sadly, but true. So you just need to stay prepared. And we'll see you next time. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. We would appreciate it if you would share a Practical Prepping Podcast with your friends, family, and your social media. The direct link is in the show notes. And as always, stuff happens. Stay prepared.